0: الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين استفأ ما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واللذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدي أنهم سبؤ سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم So just as a recap, um, we've been covering hadith that are pertinent to our lives uh, within the home and in particular, um, as it pertains to bringing love within the home. So we've covered two hadiths so far. The next hadith, uh, so just to recap, the first hadith was the hadith about how uh, when a person uh, becomes the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah ta'ala forces all of humanity and all of creation to become in love with uh, that individual. And so we highlighted how as a person becomes closer to Allah ta'ala, that becomes a mechanism by which they draw love from other people, including their own family. And then that infuses the home with love. The second hadith that we covered last week was the hadith pertaining to uh, separating ourselves from Shaytan before we enter the home. The notion being that Shaytan desires uh, for us to have conflict and chaos and hate within the home. But by saying Bismillah or we're saying Bismillah before entering the home that Shaytan separates from us, he's not able to enter into the home, thereby allowing love to fill the home. So this next hadith, this is the third hadith that we're covering in the series, Uh, is a hadith that um, is narrated in a very lengthy it's a very lengthy hadith uh, in which Ali who describes the noble characteristics of the Prophet it comes in the compilation of the Shama'il which is a collection of Imam Tirmidhi that highlights the noble features of the Prophet so in a very lengthy hadith which many of us have heard is hadith number six in which the Prophet's physical description is described including the way he looks, the way he walks. Uh, one portion of this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is described as, وَإِذَا اِلْتَفَتَ اِلْتَفَتَ ma'an, Which translates roughly as, and when he ﷺ addressed a person, he turned his body toward the person. Iltafata takes on the meaning of, Turning, right? It's, it's um, the verb form, التفت, يلتفت, it takes on the, ver, the, the the form of turning or turning around. And so again, the rough translation of this hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi is described by Ali ta'ala as, and when he addressed a person, he turned his body toward that person. So what is some background before we delve into the lessons that we can take from this hadith? The first background point is, and again, for those um, of you that are in the gathering, uh, the slides are posted online they their live stream, so you can view them, uh, inshallah, after if you'd like. Um, that human beings, the first background point to the discussion for us to understand the power of this hadith, lies in understanding three main background points. The first is that human beings need attention. Human beings, we need attention. It's, it's part of whom, who we are by receiving attention from people or by really anything, uh, we feel a sense of self-worth. We feel a sense of belonging. And this is part and parcel of who we are, that we as human beings, we need attention. The second background point is that um, the attention, uh, our attention, when we attend to things, we tend to attend to those things that are considered a priority. We tend to attend to those things that consider our priority. And attention fosters love attention fosters love what I mean is when I'm attending to someone for instance and I'm talking to that individual or I'm giving them attention let's say it's my child let's say it's my spouse or let's say it's my parent what I'm basically telling them is that at this present moment in time you were the most important thing to me you are the priority and when someone feels this sense of attention it fosters love between those two individuals It fosters love between those two individuals. And as we mentioned in the first talk, when a person feels loved, they succeed in life, right? Both in this world and in the akhila. So this is particularly important, this background point is particularly important for us to understand in the context of, for instance, our children, uh, recognizing that the attention of a parent on a child is extremely important. The, the, the the undivided attention of a parent on a child is extremely important. The opposite of attention toward a child, uh, and and attention toward a child is what what fosters love and harmony. It it enables a child to achieve their potential as well. On the flip side, we see in many households where children tend to be neglected. And the effect of neglect on a child isn't just in that present moment or even in the days or weeks ahead. The effect of neglect lasts for many, many years. In fact, there's a significant association in in the medical field between childhood neglect and then subsequent development many years later of uh, issues related to anxiety and depression and other mental health related disorders. So there's something about the power of attention. It highlights to the person in front of us that they are the most important thing before us more than anything else. And through that, they're able to receive love and feel loved. The third background point is that, at least in today's day and age, advances in technology they've challenged our ability to attend to people in general advances in technology they've it's challenged our ability to attend to people what do i mean if we take this in the context of our own home for instance it would it throughout history it's always been that whoever is in the home these are people that are my priority and occasionally if i get a telephone call maybe i'll then attend to someone outside of the home so now that becomes my priority and then with the advent of further technological advances, now we have, for instance, within the home, the opportunity to interact with thousands of other people simultaneously. And that's made it difficult for us to attend to the people within our home. What do I mean? Uh, husband and wife are having a conversation. And, you know, while they're talking to each other, some, the, the smartphone is in, is, is in between. And so now there's a conversation occurring between the husband and the wife, but maybe the wife, maybe the husband's distracted and interacting with multiple other people. So what's happened is that this relationship, which is very important to foster, and it requires undivided attention between two people, that attention is not taken away. And what in essence is happening is the husband, for instance, is telling the wife, if he's the one that's distracted, that look, although you're important to me, all these other things are also a priority. Or the wife is maybe indirectly telling the husband or conveying the message that although you this relationship is important, um, all these other people, the hundreds or thousands of people that I'm interacting with that are liking me, that are, um, that are seeking my attention, etc., they are important. And what ends up happening is that the people that we're directly interacting with, for instance, our child or our spouse or our parent, that individual now feels devalued. Right? Like, what value do I have to this person if this person is getting all of their attention and all of their, you know, wh- whatever social needs they have, they're getting it from from everyone else in the world. So, in general, advances in technology have challenged our ability to attend. Okay, so these are the three background points. So let's now go back to the hadith. So again, Ali ta'ala, who describes the noble features of the Prophet in this beautiful hadith that's recorded in the in shamail And he says that when he addressed a person, he turned his body, meaning his face and torso, at least, toward that person. So, what are the lessons that we can take from this hadith? Uh, Well, let's go back to the the translation, right? Um, Or the hadith itself. That when he addressed a person, he turned his body toward a person. What's meant is when the Prophet was interacting with someone, or let's say someone came to interact with the Prophet it was a habit of the Prophet that he would fully turn his attention toward that person and give them their full attention. Give them their full attention. You know, so this is why the Sahaba would always, many Sahaba would think that they were the most important person to the Prophet that he didn't love anyone more than he loved them. What was it? You know, why was it that they felt this love? It was because the Prophet He would give them full undivided attention when he would interact. So much so that they would think, he must appreciate or love me more than anyone else. And we hear this report from different Sahaba. If we look at the now bringing this into the discussion and the context of the home, and the attention that the Prophet ﷺ gave to people within the home, one hadith I want to highlight, and that is a hadith in which, or a narration, in which um, it said that Aisha narrates, that Fatima, the daughter, of the Prophet when she used to come into the house of Rasulullah right, his daughter, what was his, uh, what would he do, right? And think about what our interaction is with our children. Let's say our child comes home from school and we're at home, or let's say that uh, we come home and our child first interacts with us. The Prophet when she would come home, uh, come into his house, he would stand up, he would go toward her, he would kiss her, he'd take her by the hand, and he would seat her down where he was sitting. And this was the Attention that the Prophet wasallam gave to Fatima عنها, right when she would enter into the home. Now, it's important to understand why was such attention necessary? Well, I mean look at, look at the outcome of Fatima, look who she ended up becoming. Because of the love that the Prophet was able to show her through the attention that he had given her. She now becomes the queen of Jannah, right? We know that this is that she's the queen of Jannah. We now and we now know that she becomes the role model for the for, for all women within the Muslim community. She now becomes the model wife and the model mother. I mean, this all uh, or much of this resulted from the attention that the Prophet gave to his daughter Fatima radiallahu This is just one example, right? If we look at the attention that he would give, again, face-to-face attention he would give to other people within his own home, his wife, for instance, or his uh, daughters, or his grandchildren. We see that he was so focused on these individuals uh, that they became, uh, you know, giants, right? And, 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 guiding, and a guiding light for all of us. But he did this not just for the people in his home, but his general practice was, again, when he addressed a person, he turned his body toward a person, i.e., when he was interacting with someone, 100% of his attention was toward that person. So... What are the lessons that we learn from this hadith? The first lesson is that the sunnah, it highlights the power of face-to-face interactions. The sunnah highlights the power of face-to-face interactions. What I mean is that, you know, and it's, um, there's something about two hearts uh, coming in the company of one another and the ability for love to be transferred between those two hearts. It isn't possible for this to be done virtually. And perhaps now is the best time for us to be able to understand this right? I mean, many of us, because we aren't able to interact with, let's say, our close friends or our loved ones physically, let's say they live in a different part, we've been trying to compensate with virtual interactions, right? Maybe Zoom meetings or maybe uh, video calls or whatever, whatever we could do, virtual reality to create and simulate the, the, this notion of, of a face-to-face interaction. And while certain things in life can be accomplished, certain work-related activities can be accomplished, but we'll see is that sense, uh, that, society, that need, the emotional need of, of two hearts coming together in one place, that's not being solved, that need is not being um, addressed through virtual interaction. So there's something about two hearts coming into the company of one another, and we see uh, this from this example, of the Prophet, but many other examples as well. You know, in fact, the, um, the, the, the reality is you can't give as much love to a person virtually as you can give to the person in person. Doesn't matter what text you write, doesn't matter what phone call you make, but when someone comes in the presence of another person, true love and attention can be given to each other. The second lesson is that the person in front of us is the most important person at any given point in time. The person that is in front of us is the most important person at any given point in time. Let's bring this again back into the house. Who are the people that are in front of us in the home? These are people who live with us, right? Our children, our spouses, our parents at times, our grandparents, uh, our grandchildren. The priority should be on these individuals, because this and and this these people should know that that uh, that they are the most important people that matter to us. <clears throat> um, and so, and, so it's important for us to understand this, that you know. When it comes to the house, because of all the interactions that I have, the people in the home will feel loved when they realize that there's nothing that's more important to them than them. Okay. The third is um, this notion of being present in general. Uh, it's best communicated with full attention. What I mean is, you know, sometimes there's often conflict within the home that oh, you're never home, right? Or you're never uh, you're never around when the kids need us, or you're whatnot, something like that. Um, And what we should understand is uh, there's two parts of being present, right, and and, and present in in mind, for instance, is a very um, hot topic these days. It's one thing about being physically around, right, but it's something about being around but being fully attentive to a circumstance or a situation. So, for instance, it's time for dinner and you're sitting with 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 your kids, you're sitting with your spouse, and it's time for dinner. If the phone is out during that time right doesn't matter how good the dinner is it doesn't matter how interactive the children are if the phone is around it just automatically becomes a distraction right and and it's perceived by the people within the home as this person is not really here so if we want to um uh so, so the idea being Uh, that even 10 minutes of very focused, attentive time with, for instance, a family member is more valuable than being around for an hour but constantly being distracted by the noise outside of the house, right? So even just a few minutes of valuable time, a few moments of attentive time where we are fully present, not just present physically, but emotionally and mentally present is more valuable than hours spent within the home unattentive or inattentive to the needs uh, of the people within the home. Okay, so what are some two practice points that we can take from this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi The first practice point is that we should try to create a mobile free zone or time within the home. We should try to create a mobile free zone or time within the home. Uh, there was a recent survey that was done, and it's actually quite frightening, that 75% of people today spend um, 24 hours of the day within arm's reach of their phone. 75% of people, three out of four people, spend every hour of the day, night, day, etc., within arm's reach of, of their phone, i.e., smartphone. Right? So uh, that's pretty astonishing. And, you know, if, we, uh, if we're constantly in communication with the rest of the world, or trying to follow the rest of the world, or like or comment on the rest of the world, or seeking the attention and the likes and the comments of everyone else, and messages and texts, etc., then how are we supposed to be attentive to the people within the home? It's it's impractical and it's not possible. It's a very common cause of marital conflict today. And it's a a very common cause of conflict between child and parent today. Because this this idea that I can somehow communicate with the rest of the world, but also still communicate with you. I can still seek the attention of the rest of the world, but also give you the attention that you deserve. It's not possible, it's not practical. as a general principle, we should create f- zones within the home that are mobile-free. Maybe the bedroom or the kitchen, we're not allowed to bring our phone in there. And these are or the dining table. These are places that are mobile-phone-free, and we are fully attentive and present to each other, right? And, we, and we'll see the effect of love that can be fostered. I mentioned, you know, a, a, a zone or a time. It could be that between 6 and 8, no one's allowed to access the phone. Or maybe 6, 7, or 8, whatever time we decide, but this is time that everyone in the home is fully attentive and present to the needs of the other person. See what effect it has. We'll see, you know, f- f- we'll be able to capture the, the value uh, of this, uh, of undivided attention. There was a very interesting study that was done a few years ago. This is coming to mind. Um, on the effect that a smartphone has on conversation. So they did this study. They took two people that didn't know each other. And they were studying and they said, they, they placed them in like a, a, a um, like a um, like a coffee shop, and said, you two have to have a conversation with each other, right? And it has to be an, about any topic that you want. And they told one group or, of people that, keep your smartphone away, put it in your pocket, nowhere to be found. The other group of people, they just said, okay, you know, you, don't use your smartphone, just set it on the table as soon as you sit down. And what they found was, and then they, afterward, they asked, after the 10-minute conversation, they asked the two groups of people, and they studied large groups, like, I don't know the exact numbers, but uh, Multiple people in this group, multiple in that group. And they asked afterward, how did you find that conversation to be? And the ones who, who were interacting with each other with a smartphone not anywhere near, uh, not, not anywhere in sight, found that the conversation, and they didn't know there was another group. They found, they, they found that, that con- the conversation was far more meaningful than the people that had the smartphone physically present uh, on the table or uh, in front of them. Which means the mere sight or poss- w- w- the mere sight or possibility that uh, when two people are conversing with each other, that it's possible my attention is actually here because I can physically, or, or this person's attention might be here because they're waiting for that next text or that message to come. That in and of itself removes love and the benefit that's derived from conversation. Now imagine, put that in the context, for instance, of in a husband and a wife, right, who are, uh, who? Ha- who again, the, the goal is to foster love and, and, and have a, a great conversation. Um, with each other constantly, and it's just, its very—it's very difficult to do. It's a very interesting study. Uh, the second take-home point is—it's—it's uh, it's kind of a—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, 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 it's actually an exercise, and that is that we should listen to each other uh, uninterrupted, right? There's an exercise that they teach in a lot of workshops when it comes to, let's say, strength building or even uh, conflict resolution, etc., is to uh, listen in an uninterrupted way to someone else's story. So let's say that, you know, you come home from work and uh, your wife says, oh, you know what happened today, right? Rather than say, oh yeah, why don't you tell me? I'm going to put this away. I'm going to put that away. I'm going to, you know, do a million other things and etc. That tends to be our habit. But rather we just listen and say, oh, tell me what happened and you give your full attention to it. They tell us to do this in, in certain settings. They'll say, okay, for 10 minutes, just listen to the story, ask inquisitive questions so that you can learn more about it and see what effect it has. And you do this for 10 minutes and you realize uninterrupted 10 minutes of just listening to someone, uh, it's, you learn a lot of valuable things about that person and it also is very calming and then ask the person that's telling the story how did you feel you know having an un- having my undivided attention for this 10 minutes of time and they'll say wow it was amazing i never had anyone you know listen to me in, in such a way so in general we should try to listen to the stories of our children or our families or anyone within the home uninterrupted undistracted just say go ahead and tell me and ask very relevant questions about the story and see the love that fills you know, the home by just these two simple things. One is creating a mobile-free zone or mobile-free space. And secondly, learning to listen more rather than always chiming in. You know, sometimes we we hear someone or a spouse or a child tells us something and we always have something as a response to say. Either it's a solution to the problem, either either it's a complaint about how they handle the situation. Rarely do we just listen for the sake of listening. It's a very unique experience if we actually try it. And then, and, and for the person who's telling the story, it's very powerful as well. And it helps foster love between two people. Right? Paying attention. What are the emotional cues that my child is actually conveying to me? What facial expressions are they using? I'll learn a lot about the people within my home if I listen to their story uninterrupted. So this is these are the two practice points from this hadith. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a tawfiq to appreciate the, the value of, 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 uh, of full attention toward the people within our home. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to um, to mimic the Prophet ﷺ in his interactions with other people, may Allah subhanahu wa taala protect us from the difficulties of this world and the hereafter. Wa alamin.